What do you call a priest that sleepwalks? A roaming Catholic. What did the seal with a broken arm say to a shark? Do not consume if seal is broken. Okay. Got that? Some trees look scary, but they're all bark and no bite. Mm-hmm. I like this one. What did, the ca- what did the casket say to another sick casket? Is that you coughing? Is that you coughing? Very cool. It's Father's Day, one more? All right. <laughs> Why are skeletons so calm? Because nothing gets under their skin. Got it? Very cool. So we are in our uh, third series of Child of Love, and uh, we're going to, we are currently in a three or four week series of this. Uh, child of love, and I'm going to go ahead and start off with a, a scripture in Psalms 139. Can you help back of the room? Um, start off with a scripture in Psalms 139. What I'd love for us to do is to actually read this together as we uh, are all together in this. We're going to go ahead and read this passage together, so let's go ahead and read it. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I'm going to go ahead and just ask for us to read it one more time. Ready? For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. God created us in our innermost being. He knit us together in our mother's womb. This word created is different than the Lord created the heavens and the earth. It's actually a different term of creation. It's more of a verb and a blessing. So the word created here looks more like how Abram turned into Abraham and God created him for plans and purposes. And so this word created here is actually a blessing upon a person. And so David says that the Lord created us with blessing, that everything that the Lord has for us, it came from blessing, and he knit us together in our mother's womb. The other word for creation here that it also means is that the Lord was thinking of us before creation. It's even before the earth was created, before there was land, before there was water, before there were animals, any of that stuff, the Lord created you. He had plans and purposes for you before the earth was even created, before our solar system, before all of that stuff. He had plans and purposes for your life. He created us. He knit us together in our mother's womb. He is putting all this together. He was thinking of you on Father's Day 2021 and what he's going to do with your life how he created you with plans and purposes and and the gifts and the talents that he's given you. The Lord was thinking of you before the earth was formed. Does that blow your mind? 
Sometimes I just wake up in the morning like, okay, I got to brush my teeth. I got to do this stuff. I'm driving to work. God has plans and purposes for every single day of our life, even in the mundane. He was thinking of us, what he wants to do in your life, the impact that you're going to have on this earth, the, the people that you're going to be surrounded with, how he's going to use your gifts and your talents on this earth, your time on this earth. God was thinking of that before the earth was formed. He created you with plans and purposes and blessing. That's a good father. That's our father. More than anything else that the world tries to put on us, more than anybody else's words in our life, God's words ring true. His plans and purposes in our life are so true, more than anything else that anybody has tried to say to you, has tried to put you in a box, has told you at a young age, has told you in high school and in the work environment, any of that stuff, all those words are meaningless compared to the Lord's words for you. God's word is true. He created you in the innermost being, in your mother's womb, he knit you together and he was putting plans and purposes in your life. This is why David ends this entire scripture, Psalms 139, he says, so search me, O God, and know my heart. Because God knows us intimately. He knows every intricate detail of our life. He's a good father. So today I'd love to talk about the gifts and the talents that the Lord's given you. The different things that the Lord's put inside of you. So he created you in your innermost being. He knit you together in your mother's womb. And he put gifts and he put talents in there. And some of us like kind of go through life and we're trying to figure out like, how do I use these gifts? You know, I can sing. Should I try out for America's Got Talent? You know, I can kind of juggle. <laughs> what should I do with this? <laughs> you know, we, we go through life like trying to figure out what's the right job for me, what's, what's the right place for me to use my gifts, am I supposed to take this to the next step, do I need to move cities? We're just always trying to figure out like, okay, these are gifts. I'm really great at like sitting down and having coffee with people and people confide in me. What am I supposed to do with that? It's a lot of money in coffee, I can tell you that. So I want to talk about what Paul says we can do with that. The Apostle Paul is somebody who, who created uh, one of the best church planning formulas ever. And what he would do is he would go from town to town. So like if Paul lived in the Quad Cities, he would start off with Davenport, then he'd go to Rock Island, then he'd go to Moline, then he'd go to LeClaire, and then he'd, you know, he'd just move around from town to town, and he'd gather groups of people together, then he would establish, okay, you have this gifting, you should do this, you have this gifting, you should do this, and then he'd establish different teams, and then he'd move on to the next town, and then what he would do is he would uh, text the church, which is what we read, you know, he, he would write a letter to the church and say, hey, guys, got you started, I hear there's some things going on, let me help you with that. And so this is what Paul did. This is his life. He was an apostle, started churches, one of the best church planners ever to exist, the Apostle Paul. And so we're going to look at what does Paul say that we can do with our gifts and talents. It's found in 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 28. I'm going to look at that passage. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then uh, we're going to jump right in. So Lord, we, uh, we admire you, Lord. 
Lord, I just pray that uh, things would sink in today that um, maybe um, seem confusing, seem too much for uh, this time. Lord, Holy Spirit, would you, would you just uh, move in our hearts this morning? Would you have your way with your kids? Would you speak directly to us? Would you do what only you can do? Let's choose to get out of your way. Come, Father. Let us not leave with any words unsaid or thoughts un, un, um, uh, with misconceptions, Lord. I, I just pray that we would be able to just dive in to your word and, and get everything that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I love it when people say amen together. It's so good. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. You know, 2020 and preaching to a, a little phone is for the birds. <laughs> There's just none of that. It's amen. Amen. <laughs> you have mail. What are we looking at? Oh, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Here we go. Now you are the body of Christ. So who's the body of Christ? We are. We are. You are the body of Christ. And each one of us, each one of you is a part of it. So who's left out in the body of Christ? Everybody gets to play. That's a quote from John Wimber, who said that back in like 1984. Everyone gets to play. Everybody gets a part. We all get to play. Now, you are the part, you are part of the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, in different kinds of tongues. So each one of us is a part of the body of Christ, and then God puts these different gifts in the body of Christ so that we all get to play together and function and everything works, and we're all got this part, nobody's stepping on each other's toes. We all get to play as the body of Christ. We are all a part of it. And so Paul says that he starts off with apostles and then prophets and then teachers and then pastors. And those are the first four that I'm going to actually talk about today. And then next week, I'm going to invite you to come back next week, and we're going to finish the other four. So we're going to talk about the first four. I'm going to kind of explain what those look like in day-to-day -day life and then also in the church and how we can use those, see if you have those giftings. So as I kind of go through these, you can discover, is this how God's given me this gift? Is this what I'm supposed to do with it? Maybe you identify with some of these. So first of all, I want to start with apostles. Do you have the apostle gifting, a.k.a. leader? Visionary, sees the big picture, focuses on long-range goals, decisive. Does this describe anybody? Common characteristics is loves to complete tasks, loves helping to get other people together to complete a task. You love putting teams together and watching everybody flourish and like, let's move forward, let's go, guys. 
Those are some of the common characteristics. That person, the leader, like we're going for this. This is what we're doing. This is why he's called the Apostle Paul. He starts things, goes to town, starts new things, then goes off. A lot of times apostles love to start stuff, not great at finishing, okay? <laughs> apostles are, are good starters. Do you have the apostle gifting? Some potential weaknesses is minimal why explanation. So if you have this gifting or maybe you know somebody with this gifting, you may ask questions and they're like, who cares why? We're, this is what we're doing, right? There's no explanation. Just get the job done. Maybe you've worked for this person. Focuses on the task completion. Willing to delegate it can be perceived as laziness. So what is your job? Well, my job is to delegate all these jobs. Well, then what do you do? I sit here and watch you guys work. <laughs> it kind of can be conceived as, oh, this person's really lazy. So real-life examples of an apostle may, uh, you might find yourself organizing teams, leading being a manager of people. You might be in the people business of managing groups of people, organizing people. This is what apostles do, starting new things. Entrepreneurs, a lot of times, are apostles. You love starting new stuff, and then when that thing gets kind of old, you start something new. So a lot of times what happens with apostles. At home, you're the one that gets the completed task done. At the house, like you're the one with the calendar that says, like, we're taking the kids to school at this time. They have this appointment. We, you got to be here at this time. You're the one kind of directing the ship of the house. And then um, at the church, you're serving God in leading teams. We have different teams around here, and mostly in a church setting, you're, you're either starting churches or you're leading teams of the church. So like hospitality team, you're directing people, greet people at the door, on the worship team, you're you're helping like lead worship. You're getting the teams together, making sure everybody's notified, everybody knows what's going on. This is the apostle gifting. How many of you feel like you may have a little bit of that? Go ahead and raise your little hand. Okay, cool. There's no wrong answers, guys. You can raise your hand all four. I don't care. All right. <laughs> Second one is prophet gifting. The prophet. It's a spiritual warfare, uh, warrior driven to prayer, and passionate about the Bible. So some common characteristics is sees everything in the spiritual realm. Most of the time drawn to the spiritual realm more or less than the physical realm. So like you're the one like praying, and I saw this angel, and then like these angels were protecting this building, and like most people are like, oh, that's really cool. Good, good for you. <laughs> so you see things very spiritual. Um experiences what others are feeling. So you walk into a room and you can definitely tell like what is the atmosphere. You definitely like kind of weigh that on your shoulders. One thing I've noticed with the prophet gifting is uh, lots of dreams. And you're like, <laughs> you had these really vivid dreams last night and you're living your day in the dreams that you had last night and everything's ran through this filter. Well, yeah. I went to Armour Gardens and I had a burger, so I guess that's what I'm supposed to do today. And then, like, everything's just kind of ran through dreams. Very spiritual. This is the prophet gifting. Some potential weaknesses is misuse because a lot of times what the word that prophets use is God told me. That's like a, a statement that the word uh, that prophets might use. And so 
uh, starting to misuse that in time gets uh, people start to like not really trust. What are you talking about? Like God told me I needed a diet Pepsi, and then God told me I was supposed to go to the subway, and then God told me that I should drive this way down this street, and it's like, man, what didn't God tell you today? I know the Lord speaks, but geez, you know, God told me. And so the other part of that is not only misuse of like God told me, this is what I saw, this is what I'm supposed to do, because Prophets, let's be realistic. If that's you in this category, I just want to say, you know, sometimes you do have bad pizza and sometimes you do get it wrong. It's okay. We're all in process. So even though you have this feeling, sometimes it's ran out of motives that aren't necessarily God. And you kind of need to come under some authority in that. And so one way that uh, is a common characteristic of um, a potential weakness for, for prophets is kind of overriding whatever the leadership thinks. So like, yeah, the leadership may say this, but God told me this, so I don't care what leadership thinks. Does that make sense? Okay. So that's a, a weakness of prophets. Um, fear of rejection is definitely a, a big one. So in action, like in day-to-day life, you may work in the caring profession, uh, in a workplace, you're really cheerful. You, you love uh, getting people like, like coming into a room and like really bringing the joy level up. That's something that you love to do. Uh, at the home, you're a person that is praying for your family. You're that person that's just in the bedroom, just like praying for your family. People th- that, that others have just completely forgotten about, you can't forget about them because you're just praying for them. You might be that person in the neighborhood that's walking around the neighborhood praying for your neighborhood. God, bring change. Maybe you just park your car downtown and walk downtown, and you just love praying for the downtown. But here's the other part of that, is like nobody knows you're doing that, and you're totally okay with it. In the prophet, if you're a healthy prophet, you, you love praying for things, and it doesn't need to be like, I've been doing this, and I was praying for this, and like you're just okay to pray for stuff, because that's how God's wired you, and he's, he's put that inside you. You just have this passion to pray. Um, in the church, you bring strength and encouragement to teams. So encouraging, like a, a worship leader. Wow, man, Lord's presence is really strong today. Good job. And encouraging a uh, hospitality team. Like, man, I just sense so much joy in you this morning. Like, that's how you operate around the church. Does anybody feel like they have maybe a little bit of the prophet gifting? Okay. Cool. Third one is pastor. Paul says, apostle, prophet, and pastor. So you're full of compassion, thoughtful, love doing things for others. Some characteristics are uh, watch what you say so that you don't offend anyone. You don't say some of the hard stuff in life, and you definitely watch the words that come out of your mouth because you don't want to make anyone angry. Because most of the time that means like more coffee meetings <laughs> with people. So as a pastor, you just, you love people. You're always looking to do things for others. How can I serve other people? How can I be there for them? Looks for the good in people. I think all of us could use a little bit of pastor in us, looking for the good in people. Some potential weaknesses is, can be indecisive, emotional support. This is 
the pastoral gifting. At the church, you provide motivation for the teams, and you care for people's needs. Um, a lot of our pastors and people that are in pastor gifting in this church are actually community group leaders. The reason is because they can really care for your needs. They can be a part of your journey with Christ and, and just love you right where you're at. And, you know, that's, that's our mission and our dream for community groups is that we're there to fight for each other, to be alongside of people in really hard journeys. And so you need that pastoral gifting. Does anybody feel like they may have a little bit of that? You can raise your hand. Cool. All right. And lastly, like I said, we're only doing four of the eight. Um, the last one is evangelism, the evangelist. So an encourager encourages people with passion and zeal to, to follow Jesus. This is the evangelistic gifting. Common characteristics is there's no judgment in this. Just love people exactly right where they're at. There's no, there's nothing, there's no motive except for bringing people closer to Jesus. Like that is your motive. That is how you're ran. Uh, loves to encourage other people, expects a lot out of themselves and of others. Some potential weaknesses is an eagerness to share advice. So somebody may, with a pastoral gifting, be maybe talking to somebody, and they're like really walking through something in life, and the evangelist kind of overhears and just jumps in, well, here's what you need to do. You need to read this book, and you need to start listening to this thing on YouTube, and you need to come to this, and you need to go to that. And it's like, I just, I just wanted to share what was going on in my life. Like really quick with all the answers, the evangelistic gifting. <laughs> in action at your job, you may find yourself like being a cheerleader, praising, uh, mentoring, inspiring, giving coworkers steps to success. At home, you may be the coach for your, your kid's team. Probably known as the fun parent, the evangelist. And then uh, at church, you stimulate growth in different teams and help people get influenced to join teams and be a part of the church, be a part of the body. You love outreach events and stuff like that. That's the evangelistic gifting. So those are the first four. And that's a lot, isn't it? How many of you feel like maybe the evangelistic thing might be part of you? Okay, cool. Well, good thing, evangelists. Uh, next week we have Family Fun Day and at, 10, at the 10.30 service, following the 10.30 service. So I invite you to go crazy this week and grab invite cards and put them all over the place. Everybody can do that. But. So those are the different giftings that, that the Lord gives. That's what Paul was inviting a church that looks like a body to look like. He actually goes into, uh, in verse 15, he says, Now if the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason, stop being part of the body. In other words, as our body is forming, as we are gathering together, as each part is playing a part, the foot is needed, the hand is needed, the arm is needed, the leg is needed. There is no like upper class of the body of Christ. We are all part of the body. All of our gifts are used. God has knit us all together and wants to use every single one of our gifts. So whether we are a foot or we're an armpit, it doesn't matter. You're part of the body of Christ, and God has plans and purposes for you. That's what Paul is talking about. We, don't, we all get the share in this. 
The last thing I just want to say about uh, different giftings in the body is when we discover gifts, I've witnessed a lot of times that um, if you don't have a culture of honor in your church, people get very possessive about their gift, and then you start to wonder why everybody isn't gifted the way that you are. And so if the body's not functioning together, one hand might say, I think everybody should be a hand. Obviously, we should all be pastors around here and care for the needs of this and and doing this stuff. And we should all work really hard at this one thing. And they're like, get the rest of the body that is going neglected because you think that everybody should be just like you. And so in a culture of honor, it's like, no, I see that in you and I honor that in you. But guess what? There's other parts of the body. Paul actually says, if we were all eyes, we wouldn't be a body. We would be a gigantic monster running around. That's how he describes this. And so like, we're not all eyes. We're not all ears. We're not all hands. We're not all feet. We're the body of Christ. And so as a church, at City Church, we honor that. Like I honor the gifts that God has given you just the way that he's given them to you. I don't expect you to think just like me nor do I expect you to think like the person in your row. God has given all of us different gifts and he's given you different talents and the place to use them is, is in the church. And when we all do that together, it's beautiful. But we can't all be exactly the same, right? That'd be really weird. And so God actually gives us the evangelists. He gives us the apostles. He gives us the pastors. And we can all use those gifts together in honor and go, okay, this is how God's wired me, but I trust that the rest of the church is wired this way, and these people are wired this way, and so we can all function together really beautifully. That's how Paul described the body. That's how I see the church, and you're a part of it. You are part of the body of Christ. It's who you are. It's how God knit you together, and as you give your gifts and your talents over to the Lord, he magnifies them sometimes tenfold as you release like control of those and say, God, use whatever you want to do in my life. Okay, man, you've, you've given me just this heart of compassion for people in my workplace. I've been trying to like bear all their burdens on my shoulders. God, I'm just going to hand that over to you. And I'm, I'm going to actually just like care for people the way you care for them. Teach me how to do that, Lord. As you use those gifts, like the Lord honors that as you hand them over to him, and then he increases them. He'll increase your compassion. He'll increase your talent. He'll increase your gifts. He does that. He's a good father. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm going to go ahead and close this out in a prayer, and then we are going to sing a fun song called Child of Love, which I just invite you to sing that from your heart today just what God's doing in you. You can become children of love, that you are a child of love, that God loves you just the way that you are today. Just sing it out to our Father. God, we thank you so much for the plans and purposes that you have here, Lord. Thank you for for the people that you've brought in the door this morning. Lord, I just pray that all the things that are said today would just be sealed in our hearts, that you'd bring them back to memory throughout this week. as we remember what you did for each one of us, Lord, that that you love us each so much. You just prepared a way for us to, to just discover who we are in you, that you had plans for us 
um, before the beginning of, of the earth was even formed, Lord, you had plans for our lives. And so, Lord, I just pray that we're just reminded of that all week long. Yeah, have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.